Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are exploring careers in photographic perspective. (laughs) The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into that dumpster for those warm, juicy, gooey things that you love. Wow! That's pretty well, gross, though. It is kind of gross, but like a little <laughs> bit of freestyle in there. That's good. Oh, thank you. I'm impressed. Did you do that off script? Yeah, I did. Well, look at you go. I know. It's a, it's a miracle what two good night sleeps does for the brain. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. So what's happening? We didn't do our, like, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> no, we didn't. So we're, like, legit just, like, freestyling today. <laughs> I have approximately one, two, three, four, five, six, seven BuzzFeed quiz tabs open, <laughs> ready for whenever, <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> well, I'm glad, because I was like, oh, I should find something. And I was like, ah, I don't care enough. <laughs> but... um I also would like to talk about books if you want to talk about books. I always want to talk about books. Let's do it. Okay. So, firstly, I would like to talk to you publicly about how I gave up on that book I read yesterday. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because it's bad. It's bad, and it's fucking demoralizing to give up on a book. Mm Mm-hmm. So... I was lent, let's see here, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve books from a friend, and I've read three of them, and I've been working on the next one, and I was like, okay, how am I going to put a dent into this pile? I'll pick the biggest one, and then it'll feel satisfactory when it's done. Because I'm a very fast reader, you're a very fast reader, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's satisfying to just put something off the pile. And it's Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clarke. And it is literally the worst book I've ever read in my entire life. Um, yeah, I would say that because I started it and didn't finish it. And I can, I can get through a book I don't like. There has to be something in it that I'm just like, okay, well, at least I'll see, like, what the end of this story is or what the you know the who done it at the end even if i don't like the prose or like the characters or the set whatever the fuck it is i'm pretty good at plowing through just to be like okay i gave it a whole shot yeah this goddamn book is like 800 pages long mm-hmm. and i got through i think it was like 20 percent of it and mm-hmm. i was like Why am I even reading this? Who is this book about? Why should I care? What is the problem in this book? There was no problem. 20% of the way in. Susanna Clark. That's the author, right? Susanna Clark? Yeah. Do you think that maybe she was also the screenwriter for Frozen? Oh my god. What is she up to? Oh no, she's... Oh wait. Wait. There's a lot of Susanna Clarks when I googled them, so that's probably not good. I'll look her up. I don't think she was an American artist who died in 2012. <laughs> no, but I was hoping that you were going to say, oh, no, she's dead. <laughs> and like, oh, shit, now I feel real bad about slugging this book. It was oh, real bad. It was so bad. Like, it starts out with this. It's supposed to be fitting into this. 
freaking 19th century contemporary prose style, which apparently is just meander as much as you fucking want mm-hmm. with no purpose in sight and give a ridiculous amount of detail that's also absolutely without purpose. And the first, like, fucking three chapters of the book are a discussion about what theoretical magicians are. Mm-hmm. Which are people who read about it but don't practice it. Guess what? You could have told me that in one page. You could have summarized the decline of magic in England. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't even meet the fucking first... the firstly named character Jonathan Strange, I had only seen him mentioned. I was 20% of the way through. He hadn't even spoken a goddamn word. And those characters hadn't even met yet. Yep. Why? Why do this, Megan? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I remember reading it because I I remember buying it and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. It does sound interesting. Like the premise of it is compelling. And then I remember thinking to myself that um, I could have written something better than that. Oh, for sure. And maybe not better, but like definitely shorter. A hundred percent. And this isn't even like the Diana Gabaldon problem where it's just like, just cut 400 pages, Diana. Like just, just slim it all out. You don't need... Her problem is too many conflicts in a goddamn book. This problem is I don't know what the conflict is. And I fucking just went to the Wikipedia page. And this is the most horseshit stuff I've ever read in my goddamn life. Because I read a good, like, hours, hours I put into this book. Which is absurd that I didn't finish it. And this is what it says. Centered on the relationship between these two men, the novel investigates the nature of Englishness and the boundaries between reason and unreason, Anglo-Saxon and Anglo-Dane, the northern and southern English cultural tropes and stereotypes. Uh, when? It has been described as a fantasy novel, an alternative history, a historical novel. It inverts the Industrial Revolution conception of North-South divide. In this book, the North is romantic and magical rather than rational and concrete. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what that book was trying to accomplish? When? Um, probably, I, I don't know. I never got to that part either. I would say probably around page 600. God damn. Like, it is just an absolute slog. Oh, it made me so fucking angry. And it's been a long time since a book made me angry other than at, like, fucking Atticus Finch. Or yeah. Nick Carraway for being just a fucking idiot. For I'm having no backbone. The last time a book made me really angry. And I think it might still be The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah, that book was such bullshit. Like, oh, man. <laughs> like, you know that scene in the Silver Linings Playbook movie? Yeah. When I he tosses exactly the book out the window? Yeah. That is 100% what I wanted to do to The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, I still... <sighs> but I had to read all the way through it because we were teaching. I was team teaching and we were teaching it, so I actually had to, like... And what is the... Like, when you're teaching that book in particular, 
what is what are you talking about in terms of like themes I don't know because I'm assuming this was IB it was yeah it was 30 yeah I honestly don't remember but I remember feeling sorry for them that they had to read it because how are they gonna fucking write about that on the diploma or on their IB exam yeah it's way like dystopian books are so difficult to write about in those broad senses because they're um, way too genre niche. Yeah, like, I, I think, like, a, a book like a 1984, I think you can write about. Sure, because it's an allegory. And it's short enough. Yeah. Like, it's still dystopian. Of course, but it, but it, it has a larger purpose that isn't just fantasy. Yes. Whereas, but, oh, man, like... Oh. Just thinking about, how, just thinking about reading The Handmaid's Tale again... <laughs> makes me want to throw things like it was just i was so infuriated at the end of it like you know how sometimes you read a really good book and then you close it and you just like to like keep it all inside there yes and just like kind of hold on to it yeah no when i finished that one i i I, like slammed it shut and threw it down on the ground yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't understand like because that book is so absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely miserable and devoid of... <sighs> I don't even know. It's devoid of so many things. Like, I thought empathy. Oh, I, the, I, well, and the only, the only character who shows any empathy is the one that she, like, sewers at the end anyway. So, like... Who even cares? Yeah. But I find with that book, it's such that, like, sadistic glee of... Oh, fuck. What's the German word? Like the schadenfreude? Yeah, schadenfreude. When you're just watching something to see how much misery people can be inflicted upon in their lives like that was that book to me and that's also the tv show and everyone's like oh are you gonna watch it i was just like no what enjoyment am i gonna get out of that yeah it's absurd like i i i have i haven't watched any of the tv show um but i've heard like visually it's really well done and like like but, the colors and like the stark contrast and stuff and I was, I, part of me is curious but also like I don't I don't care enough but there has to be more than that in the book to it can't just be beautifully shot and devoid of any sort of emotional center like I just find that Atwood's writing is just so <sighs> fuck it's so Bad. <laughs> you can say it. It's okay. You I'm won't hurt my to, feelings. I'm trying to be more precise about it. It just it just lacks an absence of emotion. Or sorry, it has an absence of emotion. And I just don't... It feels dry. It feels dry and dusty. Mm-hmm. And it drives me crazy. But is there anything you would like to complain about for a book? Because I have something that, like, is happy. I was going to do a little compare-contrast here. Um, any book complaining? Um. Or, like, continuing in that vein of, like, when a book makes you upset and angry and whatever. Um, well, I've been, 
Well, actually, and I've talked about it like before, but when I read Bear Town, mm-hmm. and then I read the sequel, Us Against You, mm-hmm. they did make me angry, but not for the same way, not like in the same way that an Atwood book makes me angry. Like the so, like the social commentary aspect of it made me very angry mm-hmm. because it's like this sort of like idyllic little town, and all these terrible like masculine cultural things that go on, right? And it was just like but I remember I got about halfway through Us Against You and I was like this town sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like by the end of it it like feels mildly redeemed, which is nice and I think that is where Atwood lost me mm-hmm. is that there's no redemption. Yeah. Because I'll read just about anything. Oh, for sure. And I'll I read, tried. <laughs> I'll read hard stuff. I'm reading, like, <clears throat> I'm about three quarters of the way done now, because it's a really hard read. Um, I'm reading Sing Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward. Uh-huh. And it's really good. It is a very tough read. And at the end, I feel like, regardless, there will be, like, that redemption, and it makes that difficult sort of whatever worth it Mm -hmm. I feel the same as with like we've talked about before like the pen cage books Mm -hmm. that at least at the end of the third one there's some sort of resolution for all the bullshit yes and it's not necessarily positive resolution but there's at least like you know a conclusion Mm -hmm. um where yeah like yeah and and so right now with this book that I'm, I'm trying to get through so I've got other stuff on the go too because like I can't I can't read it before. Like, I go to bed. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so I've been reading it during the day. And, and so just having, like, that. But it's just, it's heavy and it just kind of sits. But it's so wonderfully written and it's so, like, compelling that I really want to get through it. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's one of those things. Like, a friend of mine, I guess, taught it to her thirty with her 30-1s. And I was like, I would never. No, too dark? I, well, I don't know if too dark is the word. But I just think that, like, it just sits on you. Right. And I don't know if that's something that I would that I would want to teach to high school kids. Right. I understand. Right? Okay, I want to hear about your good book. Well, I... Okay. Well, it's oh, not Oh, your non-complainy or whatever. My non-complainy. It's not my good book. Because I talked to my dad um, this morning, because he usually calls Sunday mornings from Norway, and he... We actually had, like, a lot to talk about because I missed his call last week because I was in Edmonton, like, seeing all my peoples. And I can never call him back because it would cost me, like, $40 in long distance if I tried to. So it's like, if you miss Dad's first call and his second call, you just got to wait till next Sunday to talk to him. Yeah. Um, But he has been... Well, I think the best way to phrase it is, like, taking advantage of the darkness in Norway in the winter... Mm-hmm. to start reading again. And he, like, got himself a library card. He's been going to the library once a week, and he said he's on a streak of one book a week. Good. I was like, that's fucking incredible. Like, Dad, you might read 50 books this year. Like, that's yeah. that's wild for someone who has, I don't know, read five books in the last 15 years. So, 
he's really enjoying um, reading. He's just doing like a typical dad reading list that's like <laughs> a Lee Child. And because they're set in Norway, he's reading the Joe Nesbo books. Yeah. And like, um, um, oh, what the fuck is his other name? Like Tom Clancy, James Patterson. Like those are the books that he's reading. And I was talking to him about a Lee Child book that he read. Um, he's read quite a few, I think, by now, but he just read 61 Hours. Yeah. Have you read that one? I have. I've read, I think I've read all of them except his newest one. Okay, well, he was telling me about it. I haven't read it. He said it, it's about... <laughs> it made me laugh so fucking hard. Because the way that he talked about this book, he was just like absolutely incredulous about what happened. Because he was like, this guy, Jack Reacher... And I was like, yes, Dad, I know who Jack Reacher is. <laughs> and he was like, first of all, the books say he's like 6'5". And the movies, you've got five foot seven Tom Cruise playing him. Are you kidding me? Like, he was, oh, <laughs> he was so That's, Can you next time you like, talk to your father, can you tell him that I am 100% on board? I know, criticism? I told him. I was like, my friend Megan talks about that all the time. She's going to be so pleased that you agree with her. And he's like, I don't understand this guy. Like, he's on a bus for, like, going to some, I don't know, South Dakota or some shit. And he's like, I don't know how this guy just attracts all this chaotic, like, international crises, conflicts all the time. Like, he's just walking through, the bus gets into a crash, and then suddenly he finds, like, a Mexican drug operation in South Dakota. Are you kidding me? Like, he was so upset about it. But he's also just, like, blown away. He's like, what is up with this guy? Who is this guy? Like, what is his deal? How can someone interact with so much conflict all the time? And he was like, and everyone around him just dies. Like... Every single person. He makes a friend, they die. He makes a new friend, they die. He makes a new friend, they die. <laughs> like, he's just... But he loves them. Yeah, well, and that's the thing with those, is they're, like, super formulaic, right? Like, mm. you can pick out what's gonna happen. And that's okay. It's totally okay. I'm like, Dad, it sounds like you really enjoy them. Because for him, it's kind of like... This is absurd. Like, how is Reacher going to get himself out of this caper? You know? Or, like, what's the ridiculous thing he's going to do in order to save the world this week after he was on a bus with 20 elderly tourists and it yeah. skids off the road? Like, he's just absolutely obsessed with the absurdity of it and it just made me so goddamn happy. That's fantastic. That makes me very that makes me very happy. I know, isn't that so silly? But I also like that he does not buy Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher. That's maybe the best part <laughs> of know. this whole conversation. I know. I know. But the Yeah, Jack Reacher's such a weird fucking character though. Cause he's he leaves what is he in? Like the the police cops? No. The uh, Military <laughs> the police. police. The cops. police cops. <laughs> I knew what you were getting at. I got you. Don't <laughs> worry. Military police. 
Yeah. And then, so he's just, like, after that, he's just, like, a drifter. Yeah. Like, come on. That's ridiculous in Lefort. Like, how do you leave such a institutional program and then just be like, well, I'm giving this up, but I'm just going to, like, fight, <laughs> fight vigilante crime on the side? I think, if I remember correctly from, like, the first of the books about him, I think part of it, he I think he was dishonorably discharged. Oh, let me check. I can't remember. He was, he, anyway, whatever. He's not, he didn't, like, desert or anything, but he's, um, and I think he was just kind of done with everything that went with it. And so he just sort of walked away. Okay, let me see. From his, from his life as an MP. This is just silence as I'm reading. Yeah, that's okay. I'm looking at my like list of Goodreads books, don't worry. Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't say dishonorably discharged that I can see. Yeah, he I can't, just yeah. it just seems like he's he left the armed forces in nineteen ninety seven, partly due to reduction in the forces and partly because he verbally offended a lieutenant colonel during an investigation who singled him out for discharge. Yeah. And he's just like he was he was the fucking best. And so he's just like, well, middle fingers to this guy, military. I'm gonna go fight fucking Jack Reacher crime. Yeah. This is hilarious. The Wikipedia page says <laughs> Among his few indulgences are casual sex and coffee, which he drinks constantly. It's true. He's real, he's real good at, at, at both of those things, actually. And he loves, like, it's funny, because, like, in the first, probably, I would say maybe six books, um, he is very much about, like, it's very clear that they want you to know that he, like, really He fucks likes... women and then they die. No, they don't usually, actually. <laughs> That's interesting. No, but that he, like, he's really, you know interested in like he'll have breakfast in a diner and he likes bad diner coffee and like you know like that mm -hmm. kind of thing like he's mm -hmm. that guy and they just want you to to know that but if that isn't a sentence that just like gives every fucking middle-aged white man a boner like oh absolutely casual sex and drinks a lot of coffee giving, yeah so but also like funny. let's let's be honest here like jack reacher yeah sure he he likes he he has lots of sex because he's six foot five and built like a fucking house that's true. A six-pack right? like a cobbled city street. A chest like a suit of NFL armor. Biceps like basketballs. And subcutaneous fat like a Kleenex tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Holy child never change. Oh, that's the best thing I've ever fucking read. Mm -hmm. If Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell was just that sentence... A hundred thousand yep. times, I would have yep. finished that book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, godly child. I'm going to have to fucking read some more Jack Reacher because that's delightful. Yeah, well, and the thing I think about them that, like, what I like is that there's this element of, like, he's always outnumbered in, like, every situation he ever gets into right mm -hmm. like it's like him against 900 people all the time mm -hmm. right like 
Always. And he always comes out on top. After, like, almost die. Mm-hmm. And then he just, like, backs up his toothbrush and carries on. But I think my favorite thing about him um, is that I think I think my my favorite thing is that, like, in the early books anyway, he would just carry cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And then when he got tired of his clothes, he would just go buy new ones. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't feel like carrying anything with him. You could also and just, like, buy a toothbrush anywhere. No, I know, but he, just to make sure, you always had one, right? And, like, and he's, and, but it's funny because, like, in his, in his, like, routines, he's very meticulous in his routine. And that's, like, that military. Yes. Coming out or training coming out in him. Because, like, he would, you know, do things the exact same way every single time. And he'd, like, check into these, like, shitty motels and he'd find something to eat and then he'd, like, you know, Fucking brush his teeth. <laughs> Yeah, but he would, like, you know, take his shoes off and they'd be at the end of the bed. And, like, you know, just this very, like, meticulous sort of, you know, like, you can't, as much as he wants to, like, get away from it, he's still very much ingrained in the, into that lifestyle. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I find still the notion of having just a toothbrush and some money to be kind of fascinating. Oh, for sure. And that's, like... That's a pre-9-11 world. <laughs> like... Oh, it is, because that's what it says here. It says, like, and if you look at his, like, fictional biography on Wikipedia, uh-huh. it says, after leaving the army, Reacher became a drifter, his only baggage a folding toothbrush. Although after the September 11th attacks, with restrictions on wire transfers and the light of fraud, he is obliged to carry an ATM card and photo ID in the form of a generally expired American passport. Oh, gotcha. So that's the only way... Yeah, that's the only way he, like... Is tied to anything ultimately. Oh God! It's they're phenomenal. I love them so much. I love the books. Like I remember you lent me Killing Floor, or did I buy Killing Floor? I think I bought Killing Floor, the first one, and I thought it was like it was a good thriller. It's so, <laughs> so at times unnecessarily conspiratorial and convoluted. Like mm-hmm. it could just be that they're laundering money through this factory like it it doesn't have to be anything else in that that's fine that's fine for the for the problem in this story i just love how my dad jumped into that one and he's on a bus and then suddenly he's stopping these fucking mexican drug traffickers like it's true oh jack but like i'm looking here at his books that he's that he's written here at lee child Mm -hmm. killing floor was published in 1997 Mm-hmm. And he has published, at minimum, one book a year since then. Oh, yeah. In, two, in 2010, he did two. But, like, how easy is that? Well, they, when you and have a character like Jack Reacher. Yeah, and you can just keep writing him to get it getting into more and more shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And apparently even more absurd yes. shenanigans. Yes, and one of the things about him and his, like, coffee and, and casual sex thing is that, if I remember correctly, I would have to go back and double-check, but I think he, like, only sleeps with the same woman, like, maybe twice in all of the books. Uh-huh. Because she's, like, he, like, re-encounters her, ultimately. And there's, like, a couple points in time where he sort of wishes that, like, 
he didn't have to leave. Oh, maybe a smidgen of character development. A little tiny bit, but very little. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, I'm glad your dad is reading those. That's awesome. Me too. It's hilarious. And we were um, both reading a series I had read. They're just like this Jack Reacher. You can jump in whenever the fuck you want, really, and... It doesn't matter if they're out of order because you get like the same fucking spiel for the first two pages about I'm reminding you what Jack Reacher looks like and what his habits are and how mysterious mm-hmm. he is, you know. And it was so funny because I had read the first four and then there's 18 of them and then I'd read the last four and he had read the middle four. So I was like, oh, fuck, we can't even talk about the same goddamn books in this series. Because we haven't even overlapped. So I was just like, oh, god damn it. I'm going to have to go back and read all those fucking middle ten books for fuck's sakes. Yeah, but they're not bad. They're entertaining. They are. And the best part about them, like, they are very formulaic. But the best part about them is, like, they're almost, in a way, I mean, they're, like, a little bit more exciting. But in a way, they're very much like those, like, the bad Christmas movies. In oh, that you know such how it's a gonna comfort. End. Yeah, absolutely. And it's fine to know how they're going to end. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine to know that, you know, Jack's going to be okay and he's going to, like, make his way out of whatever podunk town in South Dakota onto some podunk town in, I don't know, fucking Arizona. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to think too hard about how that's going to go. Oh, for sure. And, like, when so much out there just like in the in the universe is just so fucking terrible i think it's a nice escape just read a book about jack reacher kicking ass and solving injustice right like what else i don't blame anybody for doing that i do that i don't purposely watch things that are fucking hard to watch all the time because who would want that so I was talking to a girl at school. She's in grade 12. She's in, um, she's not doing full IB, but she's doing IB English and IB history. And one of the things that she said was that she wants to be an English teacher. And I feel like this is an important part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that when she like did this paper on Hamlet, she never bothered to finish the play. She's like, I know what happens. Everybody dies. Why did I need to read it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, fair. I said, did you get 100% on your paper? And she's like, well, no. And I said, so maybe. And I said, and did you lose marks on, like, your actual writing? Or did you lose marks on, like, the content. what you said? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, it was mostly on the content. I said, do you think that maybe if you would have read the whole play, perhaps you would have had a little bit more to talk about? Mm-hmm. And she got it. We got into this like big argument. Ultimately, it was funny. Um, we got into this argument about how when she becomes a teacher, <laughs> she is going to be her own worst nightmare. Is oh, because she the, won't be an that, expert. Yeah, so, but that kid that you teach who doesn't finish the stuff will frustrate you to no end. Mm-hmm. And this said, so maybe you should like figure out what your problem with authority is, and just read the book. And she's like, well, I did the paper. And I said, and part of doing the paper was reading the whole play. Not just, like, two-thirds. Skimming it, yeah. 
and she was kind of like, ugh. But we got talking about reading and, and stuff that she reads and how she feels this need to read all these, like, classics because they're classics. And I was like, hold up. Don't. Mm-mm. So let me tell you about all these garbage books. Don't read them. Mm-hmm. It's like some of them are worth, you know, taking a gander through. I said, but don't force yourself to read anything that you don't like. No, unless you, you don't have, have to. read it to. for class. Yeah. But yeah, she feels like this obligation to read things like... Well, I think there's this... Sorry, go ahead. Um, I'm just trying to think of, like, she feels like... An, like, they read Pride and Prejudice in school, and I felt sorry for them. Ugh. They had to do that. Um, but she feels like an obligation that she has to read, like, everything that Dickens has ever written. And I'm like, you, you could. Or you could just not. She's like, but they're classics. Like, why? I should know what they are. And I was like, you should also have read Hamlet, but that's clearly a moot point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Burr. she gives me this. She gives me this look, and she's like, eh. "I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm right." Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a really interesting discussion. So, like, thinking about like, you know, sitting and reading books like these Reacher books or John Grisham books or whatever for like the escape part of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I could like impress upon her that that's all you need is just like you just sit down and read. Absolutely. And like, that's, that's the thing that really bugs me is that when you're talking about the classics and they're like, oh, well, you have to read them because they're famous. I think there's a, like being well read, I think is a misnomer because it implies that you've read, you know, every European white male from the last 300 years plus Shakespeare's works and maybe some other classical plays. Yeah, But I think being well-read means that you read a lot, you read differing perspectives, you read fiction, you read non-fiction, and you try to be, as I've said before, empathetic about different lives and different stories. Like, I think that's what well-read should mean. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just mean reading, like, British, dead British authors. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you read it just to read it if you don't gain anything from that book what's the fucking point absolutely and i think for the last 50 years gaining something from that book just meant like an encyclopedic knowledge about what it's about yeah but fuck that okay well now that we're on this okay hit me with it hit me with it is it a hot take oh my god i can't wait it's well it's not really a hot take um, other than the fact that, like, so, at school, I'm just thinking about reading Pride and having to read Pride and Prejudice in high school. Oh, those poor children. Um. Why? I know. What are they gonna write about for that? How is it relevant? I know. Ugh. I know. I know. So fucking stupid. Um, I agree with you. No, I was just thinking about, like, these these books. So, the BBC, a few years ago, had a list of the top 100 books you need to read before you die. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so what we're gonna do... Oh, is go through and see who's done we're just done gonna what? go through real quick. Okay, we're should I go open through up? 100. Should I open yes. up and count how many I've read? Sure, if you go to... It's, like, listchallenges.com. And then it's the BBC's top 100 books. Can you just read them aloud to me and I'll just write down how many I've done? Okay, are you That's ready? Easier. Yeah. Okay, Pride and Prejudice, Lord of the Rings, 
Jane Eyre. Oh, I love Jane Eyre. The Harry Potter series. Okay, I'm four for four so far. <laughs> uh, so am I. Well, I'm only like three and a half because I haven't read all the Harry Potter books. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird. The Bible. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Wuthering Heights. Just get stop. Uh, 1984. <laughs> um, the Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials trilogy. I haven't read those. Uh, Great Expectations. Little Women. Tess of the D'Urbervilles. Which, if you haven't read it, that's okay, but there's, like, the BBC miniseries with Eddie Redmayne and Gemma Arterton. It's fucking phenomenal. You should watch it. Oh, I love both of those people. Um, Catch-22. All of Shakespeare. Who reads all of Shakespeare? What? That's on um, the list? Yeah. It Rebecca, says all? It's, it's the complete works of Shakespeare, yeah. Fucking Christ. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Uh, the Hobbit. Uh, Birdsong by Sebastian Falks. Catcher in the Rye. Time Traveler's Wife. Middlemarch. Gone with the Wind. Gatsby. Bleak House by Dickens. War and Peace by Tolstoy. Um... I'm not gonna lie, I've only not checked off, like, three of them so far. Keep going, it's a long list. Uh, I know. Um, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, Brideshead Revisited. Crime and Punishment. Grapes of Wrath. Um, Alice in Wonderland. Wind in the Willows. Anna Karenina. I know, me too. Uh, David Copperfield. The Chronicles of Narnia. Emma. Persuasion. Come on. How many books what? does she have on this fucking list? Well, I'm, I'm, I didn't make the list. I'm just reading it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Persuasion is the best one, so whatever. Um, the Alchemist. The Kite Runner. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Fuck that book forever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Memoirs of a Geisha. Winnie the Pooh. Like, this, this fucking list is gonzo. Continue, sorry. It's absolute bonkers. So that was 40 so far. Okay, I'm at 20 that I've read so far. Okay, Animal Farm. The Da Vinci Code. How is that on this list? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've read it, but how is it on this fucking list? <laughs> um, 100 Years of Solitude. A Prayer for Owen Meany. Uh, the Woman in White by Wilkie Collins. Anne of Green Gables. Far from the Madding Crowd. If I've watched Handmaid's the movie, does it count? Sure. I'll go with it. That's a fucking um, great movie. It really is. Oh. Book's really good too, actually. Uh, I quite like Thomas Hardy, just as a, as an aside. Apparently, uh, *Handmaid's Tale*. Uh, *Lord of the Flies*. Yeah, fuck *Lord of the Flies* forever. William Golding can eat my fucking shit. 
Would you like to know <laughs> what the next book is? You're gonna love it. Are you ready? Oh no. Atonement. Oh. I want to cry thinking about it. Uh huh. The Life of Pi. Dune. Um. Cold Comfort Farm. I've never even heard of that. That sounds like a off name, off brand butter. Yeah. I can't maybe. believe it's Cold Comfort Farm. <laughs> uh, Sense and Sensibility. Mm hmm. A Suitable Boy. The Shadow of the Wind. Is that Taylor um, Rothfuss? No, that's. Uh, no, that's. Uh, Carlos Ruiz Zafon. Um, Tale of Two Cities. Brave New World. Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Love in the Time of Cholera. Of Mice and Men. Lolita. I don't know why you, anyone has to read that book. Why? Why, Lolita? Why? <laughs> the Secret History by Donna Tart, which if it's anything like The Goldfinch, is terrible, so... Um, the Lovely Bones. Really? Yeah. Okay, fucking depressing list, let me tell you. Well, they're all depressing. Far From the Maddening Crowd isn't. No, no, that's true, but lots of these are. Lots of them are, yeah. Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo... On the Road, Jude the Obscure, Bridget Jones's Diary, that's a great book, Midnight's Children, Moby Dick, fuck, Moby Dick forever, Oliver Twist, Dracula, ooh, that's a good book, it is a good book, oh god, Uh, The Secret Garden, I'm assuming Bram Stoker's. Dracula, yeah. Okay. Uh, Bill Bryson's Notes from a Small Island. How is that on this list? Ulysses. Oh, God, don't read it. <laughs> I've done it. It was not fun. And you love Ireland. <laughs> I know. I love Dublin a lot. And I was like, this book fucking sucks. <laughs> Because you can take, when you're, in, when you're in Dublin, you can take, like, the James Joyce tour. Mm-hmm. And it takes you, like, to all of the different places that are talked about in the book and stuff. It's fascinating, but I was, like, I was reading it and I was just like, no, you motherfucker, you are the absolute worst. It was so hard to read. Oh I thought you were going to say it takes you a week <laughs> to do the tour. <laughs> well, I mean, it could, because yeah. I, believe, I believe there is a sentence in that book that's, like... Two pages long. Yeah, isn't it like hundreds of words or something? It's stupid. Uh, the next one is The Bell Jar. Also, eh, whatever. I've seen that movie, so I'm going to write it down. <laughs> okay. uh, Swallows and Amazons. Never heard of that. AKA my sex tape. <laughs> uh, is it Germinal by Emil Zola? Never heard of that either. Vanity Fair. Possession by A.S. Byatt, which is a great book. And a good movie. Um, Christmas Carol. I'm putting that down because it's so fucking per- pervasive in culture, even though I haven't that, read the actual book. That's okay. Uh, Cloud Atlas. Really? Yeah. Okay. The Color Purple. The Remains of the Day. 
which yes uh madame bovary a fine balance charlotte's web which like everyone should read the five people you meet in heaven by mitch album the adventures of sherlock holmes mm-hmm um, the Folk of the Faraway Tree, so the Faraway Tree Collection by Enid Blyton. Um, Heart of Darkness. The Little Prince. Um, The Wasp Factory. That sounds like a horror film. I feel, no, I think it's probably just, like, about how they make Republicans. <laughs> oh, God, that's a good joke. Congratulations. Uh, Watership Down. A Confederacy of Dunces, A Town Like Alice, The Three Musketeers, A Clockwork Orange, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and number 100, Les Miserables, which holy fuck is a long book. It is. It's also probably one of the saddest on this list. (laughs) It's so sad. It is. It is bleak. Uh huh. Okay, so, so that, do you know your number? Yeah, I got eighty. Oh shit! I'm only thirty nine, and some of those were gimmies because, like, I've seen a movie that was based on it. And that's fair. I'm ranked in the t- according to this list in the top three percent. Okay, so. What I'm and who made this list again? Well, it was from it was it was from the BBC. This is like, this is the BBC's thing, from like two or three years ago. Considering that, I thought that's what you said. I'm actually yeah. surprised as to, like, it's very white male, but oh, yeah. there are some international authors on here that I didn't expect to see, and I'm actually quite impressed. And there's quite a few female authors on here, too. Mm-hmm. So, while not being the most diverse list I've ever seen, it's actually, you know, it's pretty okay. So, also, this is on a website called List Challenges, and they've got, like, I don't know where these are all from, but here's another one that says, um... Oh, where's this one? Oh, the BBC believes you've only read six of these books. Um, and it's, like... But it's the same list. It's not the same list. What? I'm looking oh, at one? it. Oh, this one is the same list. It's yeah. the same list. Yeah, I've read more than six. So yeah, for sure. The other one that I find interesting, though, because we talked about Oh, well no, read. there's a few different ones on here. Like David the, Copperfield's on here. That wasn't on the list. Um, anyway, sorry. So, so there's this other one here that's like top 50 essential books to read to earn well-read status. And this oh. is much more a list like you would expect. Because it's got like, I'm just trying to, like, it's got like uh, stuff by Camus and Dostoevsky and. Poe, I'm surprised. Um, Virginia Woolf. Yeah. yeah. It's very highbrow. And you can't even, like, some of these, I know I've tried to read them, just like, that's an impossible fucking book to get through. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these make me so upset. 
And then, like, by saying someone has to read Hemingway to consider themselves well-read is wrong. Well, yeah. incorrect. And, like, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle or whatever. Yeah. Like, what? That's a very weird book to put on this list. Like, yeah. go to hell. So, a very long diversion of us calculating and tabulating our well-read status to say, fuck well-read status. Like... Yeah, like we read lot, but like we read lots of things, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's like like watching Fast and Furious movies. And I think you would not exactly disagree with this that like <sighs> fan fiction counts as reading. A hundred percent. How many? Didn't you say like you'd read so many words of fan fiction? Oh God! So I t- I was gonna try and keep track. <laughs> Last year, of how many words of just Star Wars fan fiction, not everything right, else. Right. And I lost track, like, at the, I don't know, mid February, and I was already at over, like, five million words of fan fiction. So I was like, nah, I don't really particularly care mm-hmm. anymore. I don't know. I read a lot of it last year, and I don't, I don't know how to, like, unless I went back and actually looked at it. Tabulate it, yeah. I wouldn't really want to. But, like, for reference, uh, when we did our, like, book talk on To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. um, there's 99, there's 100,000 words in To Kill a Mockingbird, give or take. And it's not small. No. So I read 5 million words of Star Wars fan fiction in six weeks. Yeah, you had. We were worried about you, Megan. <laughs> No, but that's like the equivalent of reading *To Kill a Mockingbird* fifty times. Which, like, go ahead. It's a great book to reread. In six weeks. In six weeks, fifty times. (laughs) You boy, you boy, you boy. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So read whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. It's important to read. Read different authors. Read different species. You know. Don't just read, read like nonfiction and read fiction and read some yeah. history and read some philosophy and for sure read some poetry. Oh yeah, poetry's so good. Just just do what you like and enjoy your well-read status if you read. Period. Yeah, and like read more than a book a year. That would be yeah. my yeah. That would be, that would, if everyone did that, who boy. The world would be a better place. It would be. I think. Same, same, same. Says the person who, like, has watched 900 episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the last, like, three weeks, even though there's only five seasons. Yeah, it's great. Okay, can we talk about the end of The Last Kingdom? Of course we can. Okay, spoilers for season three of The Last Kingdom. If you're not watching it, what are you doing? It's so yeah. fucking good. Um, I was texting you while you were at the symphony, so you were not responding, so I was very upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was incredibly satisfying, but incredibly bleak. Mm-hmm. And I understand now what you meant when you said, you know, they've, they've set up something interesting for the next season and, like, going forward. Mm-hmm. And it seems as if these past three seasons, and I think six books, 
Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Is almost like a trilogy unto itself. Yeah. Like the conflicts started then have mostly been resolved. Like he's redeemed. A lot of his personal em- enemies and personal vendettas have been vanquished now. He's a free man and he's kind of hopeful for the future, even though the future, you know, given his life is going to be difficult. Yeah. But for you, my question for you is what was more satisfying of the deaths in season three? Okay. Do you think it was, um, now I'm fucking blanking on all the goddamn names. Uh, Skade. Mm-hmm. Or, um, Ethelwald. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, Arthur, not Arthur, Alfred. Well, I think in the short term, I think Skade's death was the most satisfying. Mm-hmm. Because of how he, like, tricked her. Yes. I loved it. Because I, I honestly didn't expect it. I didn't either. When he went into the water with her, I was like, okay, Uhtred, can't keep your dick in your pants. Classic. Like. Yeah. That's exactly it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, just kidding. Hands around her throat, and she's dead. Exactly. And uh, but I, it was I think so in the satisfying. Long term, I think in the long term, though. Um, the, the satisfying, I mean, Alfred's just, like, a puke. Mm-hmm. In so many ways, right? Like <laughs> he's, he's a puke. <laughs> he is. Like, you know, he's just, ugh. And that's the best, <laughs> that's the best, like, <laughs> way I can think of. He's just, ugh. Okay. Um, and, and so, like, I mean, but at some point, you knew that, like, at some point in time, for the conflict to move forward he was gonna have to die oh for sure well they've been talking about it since season two about how weak and sickly he was and it's just like jesus christ and so i think because of that takes for this guy to die yeah and i so i think because of that it's it 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 was less satisfying because it had been like telegraphed for so long for sure um but i think ethelwald was really good especially because utrin tricked him again yeah, because oh, he's so stupid. Oh, he's so stupid. Like, and he's just a sniveling, pathetic, mm-hmm. who, oh, just a rat, who would never pick up the sword himself, but would command other people to do it. Like, Oh, abso- absolutely. Oh, yes. he was just the fucking worst, and it was so... It was so him to not cover his mutated, mutilated eye. Oh, I know. I was just like, fuck you. Yeah, he was gross. He's so gross. And to have that as the evidence of his betrayal and for him to wear it proudly like a fucking badge. Like, go to hell. Ugh. Just the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So I think think that was probably the most satisfying. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because, yeah, because he tricked him, but because, like, he, everything that that happened to him, he had coming. Oh, everything. Like, and just, just the most blatant 
two-timing bastard there ever was. Like, so, so transparent in his untrustworthiness on both sides. Yes. Like, ugh. But you know what got me is when the fucking dude who he thought was mad at Uhtred and left with the prisoners to go to Mm -hmm. um, the Danes, I totally thought that was legit. Oh, really? Yeah. What was his name? Fucking Citric or something like that? Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Like, the scape curse is real. <laughs> this is. Yes. He's losing everything and everyone. If he loses Finnan, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. <laughs> like, and I, I was so pleased because it just reinforced how capable Uhtred is. Mm-hmm. And really how undermined he is by everyone around him. And how they don't understand how capable and smart he is. No, I think I think he comes across in... Um, I think he comes across as like this sort of brutish whatever. Because he's, he's a warrior, right? Yeah, uh, and that's how and so the think, English see him. Yeah, and so I think... and I the think Saxons, he, I mean, sorry. He plays that to his advantage all the time. And makes... Because he knows that everybody, un, like, sort of underestimates what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's... And then he does such smart things. And, like, plays a long game. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't expect. And I bet my guess is that the books lead you there a little bit more because the the show is is just deep in so many different perspectives at so many different times that in season three I was getting a little bit upset because he really wasn't the focus of the show anymore like you get a lot of Brita's struggle and you get a lot of Arthur's struggle and uh, Ethelred's structure or struggle who I love and can't wait for her to just fucking murder her husband Oh, I, he is. He is also a puke. He. <laughs> I've never heard you use this puke phrase. Really? No. Oh. Where is it coming from? I love it. I don't know. It was. It's probably from something that I've read somewhere, like in a book, where someone a character was described as a puke. But he is like. Oh, oh yeah. The absolute worst, and it just made yeah. my heart sore when she was the one leading the forces to the battle. I was just like, "Yes!" Oh, she's just the fucking tits. She really is, and as you pointed out accurately, she definitely wants to fuck Uhtred. Oh, for sure. But he just sees her, I think, as like a little cousin, and he's he's absolutely not interested. I think he has affection for her, but I don't think he wants to fuck her. Oh, not at all. No. No, he, yeah, he sees her as this, like, as a child. Uh Uh-huh. In so many ways. Um. I'm just trying to think. She, oh, that's right. She was in King Arthur. That is correct. Wait, what? Yeah. Who was she? she? She was one of the princesses in... King Arthur. Oh, wait. I'm thinking of our King Arthur movie? Yes. <laughs> our King <laughs> Arthur movie. The one that through, like, hopes and dreams alone will get Legend a Legend of made. the Sword? I didn't know she was in it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, she's near the... I think she's in 
Um, yeah, she's the princess who gets killed. <gasps> right. Of yeah. course, of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Oh, poor her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the ending of that, the ending of that season, I think you're right, it sets up what's coming next. Because in order for the story to move forward, Alfred had to die. Whether he was killed in battle or whatever, but he had to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, because I think the sixth book, if I remember it, is called Death of Kings. Mm, well, fucking about time. Yeah, and so then, and then you get into... Plural, um, kings. Uh. Yes. So is that also including Ragnar? Mm-hmm. Oh. That was real sad. It was. It was a real bummer. Especially see Breda just struggling with his death. Oh, I know. I know. She's um, she's great, but she drives me crazy. I know. She's very stubborn. Mm-hmm. And she needs to, she needs to let go sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next, yeah, so Death of Kings, and then the next one is called The Pagan Lord. Ooh. And then followed by The Empty Throne. Well, we know who The Pagan Lord is. Yeah, followed by Warriors of the Storm. And followed by the flame bearer, and then this most recent one is called War of the Wolf. So, for you, have you read yeah. the books, all of them? I haven't read the lo- the most recent one. Okay. Does he um, does he ever get to Bebenberg? <laughs> mm, okay. Well, kind of, oh, no. sort of. Does he ever kill? A, I think, if I remember <laughs> too, I think there's a time jump between the end of um, book six and start of book seven, like six or seven years. Oh, wow. And he's still alive and kicking, hey? Yeah, because I think there's some, like, relative peace that sort of takes place. Well, the Um, Danes have been decimated. Yeah. Also, fuck Heston. He is never fighting. No, never. That is not something that Ragnar or Canute would even do, even though I hate Canute and he's an absolute dickhole. Sorry, he's a puke. (laughs) He's a puke. It's true. Dickhole works as well. That's all good. <laughs> and dickhole, like, it's a good term because you, you're you not quite sure what it can be referring to. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, so, I yeah, there's, there's a period of, yeah, six or seven years or something after book six when book seven starts. Mm. Um, again. Yeah. This is actually a series where I don't want to read the books. Um, I think they're worth reading. But the show is well just so satisfying. And I don't want the show to be less satisfying than it is. See, and I don't find that. Because, like, I've read the books. Mm-hmm. And I'm still pleased with the show. Okay. Like, I, I think it's been really well done. And I think there's some of the stuff that happens in the show really quickly that obviously in the books gets fleshed out a little bit more, mm-hmm. just because there's time and space for it. But like, yeah, I think they're pretty well done. I like most of the stuff that he's written, though, so. Gotcha. I'm quite a fan. Well, we've talked for an hour and three minutes about books, so I've got a quiz for you. <laughs> okay. About books? Let's do it. You're going to fucking <laughs> love this one. Okay. It's called Classic Books Are Full of Trash Men, but more importantly, which will you bang? Yes! So pick a genre, horror, romance, thriller, or drama. Drama. Okay. Pick a heroine, 
Lizzie Bennett, Juliet Capulet, Daisy Buchanan, or Anne Shirley? Oh, fuck me. Anne Shirley. Those are all terrible choices. Pick a quote. What are men to rocks and mountains? Men were deceivers ever. If a man hasn't what's necessary to make a woman love him, it's his fault, not hers. And I think women are pretty foolish to pretend they're equal to men. They are far superior and have always been. Can I pick three and four? <laughs> I know, they're fucking good. Uh, four. Oh, it's such a good quote. I have no idea what it's from, but I can't wait to find out. Um, okay, so pick a bookshelf. One is organized by rainbow colors. Nope. One is in the shape of a tree. Nope. One is like from um, Frank Randall's office. Okay. And one is like super skinny shelves and they're divided into like four or five vertical sections. And then the books are staggered with like a globe and a vase and some candles. Absolutely not. Frank Randall's. Yeah, I figured as much. Uh, pick a landscape. So one is like a Scottish moor with some lovely purple bushes. Okay. One is a mountainous uh, meadow. Okay. One is a plain that's covered in fog with some trees in the back. Okay. And the other one is full of cactuses. The third one. Got it. Knew it. Yeah. Pick a villain. Captain Hook, Bill Sykes, Alex DeLarge from uh, Clockwork Orange, or Tom yeah. Ripley? Ooh. Who is the second one? Bill Sykes? Bill Sykes. It's, it's a photo of Tom Hardy, so I imagine it's like a Dickens villain or something like that. Yeah. Um, Bill Sykes. Oh, well, I have to be typing for that to work. <laughs> he is Oliver Twist. Yeah, and who is the first one again? Sorry. Uh, Captain Hook. It's Captain Hook, Bill Sykes. Clockwork Orange, dude. Tom Ripley. Tom, mm, let's go with Tom Ripley. Yeah, he's pretty fucked up. Oh my god. Megan, you got Lori Lawrence. Yes! I am so jealous. <laughs> it says, sure, uh, he seems sweet and charming, but he'd bang your sister the second you say no to him. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Okay, I'm going to do it now. Um, <laughs> thriller. Mm -hmm. This one. Uh, this one. Oh, you got to say what you're picking. This one. Um, this one. Oh, I got him too. And I chose totally different things. Interesting. Okay, I'm taking it again. <laughs> okay. okay, now you got to say which ones you're picking. Okay, I'm choosing thriller. Okay. I'm choosing Lizzie Bennet. I'm choosing the okay. third quote. If a man hasn't what's necessary to make a woman love him, it's his fault, not hers. I'm picking that vertical shelf nonsense. I'm picking the Scottish moors with the purple flowers. And I'm picking Captain Hook. I got Edmund Bertram. Who the fuck is Edmund Bertram? Oh, he's fucking from Mansfield Park. Gross. It says, he'd give you a lecture on impurity if you wanted to try anything other than the missionary position. 
<laughs> that sucks. You lose. Well, you got the best result, so congratulations to you. Yes. That's so good. I love... Oh, man. I Glory love that the book. Best. Oh. And they even gave the photo of young Christian Bale as oh, Laurie. So, so fucking good. I, um... Yeah, I would, I would say that... Mm, I have to think about this. I think Laurie was probably my first, like, fictional crush. Well, he's so... He's so, like, sensitive and delicate. Or am I thinking... Or am I incorrect? No, I think I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment of him. But, like, I think... Cause I, I, I don't know. I was, like, what, nine maybe when I read the book? Um, and then that movie came out when I was, like, 11. Because mm-hmm. it came out in 1994. And, like, to 11-year-old Megan, Christian Bale was, like, the hottest person alive. Seriously, that movie is the fucking tits. It's so, like the cast in it is so good. I know it really is. Have you read the other books? Um, I've read yeah, I think I've read most of what she's written. Mm. Did I tell you? I feel like I have, but did I tell you that in the UK, like what we have as Little Women, is actually like Little Women and Little Men together. But in the UK, Little Women is, like, a much shorter book. Oh. When it's, like, in its original publication. Which means that when, what's her face, was it Beth who dies? Yes, it's Beth Beth that dies. dies. Sorry, spoilers, I don't care. (laughs) Um, (laughs) just gotta stay on brand, I guess. Um, but people, like, who grew up reading Little Women, um in, like, the British publication uh-huh. had no idea that Beth died because... That's in a different book. That's in a different book. So it was in, like, the second volume. Oh, and Good so Wives, you... I think, is the second volume. Oh, yes, Little Women, yes, Good Wives. And then she also had Little Men and Joe's Boys. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, yes. Yeah. That is so funny. So, yeah, so for people who, who read them in the two volumes instead of in the one volume and didn't finish the second um, <laughs> didn't read the second volume they had no idea mm-hmm. that poor Beth didn't make it well and poor Joe too like Joe oh, sacrifices so much and her love for Lori is just like oh mm-hmm. god that's a good book mm-hmm. it really is it, it, it's true does the is the dad I'm trying to remember because he's fighting in the Civil War right yes does he die um, does he come home I can't remember that's a good question oh I'm on the um, wiki and it says his wife and daughters loved him very much and missed him while he was away from home Right, so I, yeah. He must, yeah. Oh, he yeah. He's back in Good Wives, I guess. At Christmas, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Oh. God, that's a great But, book. like, it's funny that I like that, but I don't like, like, the Jane Austen. Well, I think the Jane Austen ones, like, the one that I do like is Sense and Sensibility. 
because what it focuses on is not the like a sister's competition for a man but uh-huh. sisters trying to learn from each other and i think the growth that's shown through the characters is lacking in her other books yeah well and i like persuasion because it's the only one that like isn't super like there it, i don't find that her character is annoying in persuasion mm. and i think it's oh, what's her fit well i can't remember her name now um she's older is part of why oh yeah because like, when you're dealing with fucking 13 year olds and elliot Yes, and she's like she's like a spinster mm-hmm. at this point. Oh, a young she's like, woman of twenty seven years. I was gonna say because she's like fucking twenty seven or twenty eight or whatever. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Oh my god! It is accepted as her most maturely written novel, showing a refinement of literary conception indicative of a woman approaching 40 years of age oh. v- fucking barf barf all over me with that sentence gross Ugh. yucky the there's a version of it that was made in um uh 2007 for like british tv or whatever mm-hmm. it's real good who's in it um what is her name Sally Hawkins. Oh, yes. Plays Anne. And uh, Rupert Penry Jones is Captain Wentworth. I'm sorry, what? That is his name. There's a hyphen in there. Are you surprised? Oh, um, my God. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Henry I'm Jones. Just... Yeah, I'm on he... his wiki right now. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, but he's been in, like, he was in, um... Whitechapel. I haven't seen that. I've heard of it. I don't it. know if you ever watched that. It's, oh, it's he was in a little chaos. The awful movie with Kate Winslet and Alan yeah. Rickman. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe I watched that. It was so bad. But yeah, anyway, that was a really, really well done adaptation. Um. So I'll just read you the titles of the other quizzes I have. Okay. Uh, one is, what creature from folklore are you? Uh, another one is, are you a Jedi, a Sith, or just a normal person? Uh, answer nine questions and reveal which Spider-Man from Into the Spider-Verse you're most like. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not Spider-Ham, I don't want to take the test. <laughs> another one is, which weird-as-hell tech founder are you? And the other one is, is this a real Pringles flavor or something I just made up? <laughs> so I'm what guessing the first that one. one? <laughs> that just makes me laugh. What was the first one? Which creature from folklore are you? Oh, I like that one too. Okay, we'll do that one first because it's the tab that I'm on. <laughs> okay. Okay, sounds good. This one is a little bit visual though, so I'll try my best to describe them to you. Do you want me to look it up so I can, like, follow along? No, it's funner this way. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so first picture is, like, Rolling Hills Scottish Highlands. Okay. Second picture is, like, Lake Moraine. 
like water reflecting yep. mountains. Yeah. Third picture is Matterhorn. Okay. Fourth picture is an autumn scene with leaves all crunchy on the ground. Okay. Fifth picture is a woods with some lovely greenery and purple flowers again. Yeah. And the uh, sixth picture is like Pacific islands, like what you would imagine like Togo is like. Or Tonga. Okay, let's, let's go with the... Yeah, those are very different. Um, let's go with the autumn one. The autumn one, okay. Now, do you believe in ghosts? Yes or no? Uh, kind of. Well, Megan, it's a yes or no. Well, that's say yes. Okay. Okay, we're going to come back to this. <laughs> okay. For a conversation. Do you believe in okay. demons? Yes or no? No. Absolutely not. Okay, well, we're going to need to have a conversation. <laughs> do you believe that aliens have visited Earth? Yes. Okay. Wow. Pick a movie monster. Godzilla, a xenomorph from the alien movies, Gremlin, Frankenstein's monster, The Rancor. I don't know what that movie is from. Is that Star Wars? And Mike Wazowski. Um, Mike Wazowski. Perfect. And what continent are you from? I'm just going to straight up say North America. What? How did you know? Oh my god. What? This picture, I'm, oh my god. <laughs> it's a Yara Mahiawa Who? It says, this terrifying cryptid comes from Australian Aboriginal mythology and lives in fig trees. When an unsuspecting human rests under the tree, the Yara Mahiawa uses suckers to drain the victim of your blood, then swallows the person whole. <laughs> No, it's not done. This is amazing. After a nap, it vomits the victim back up, and the victim is slightly shorter and has redder skin. <laughs> if you're attacked too many times, you may become one yourself. <laughs> this is amazing. That's incredible. Oh, okay, that's good. I'm going to try to copy the link and send it to you. <laughs> okay. Because the picture is quite fantastic. Awesome. Um, okay, and so do you want to do the Pringles one? Sure. Okay, Pringle, Pringle, Pringle. So, Eggs Benedict, real or fake? Real. Correct. Good job. So that one is like an Asian one, of course. Okay. Dill pickle, real or heck no fake? Real. Yes, also real. I would fucking eat the shit out of dill pickle Pringles. Oh, also with each one, you'll tell me if you would eat it or not. Oh, 100%. I would. I don't know about the Eggs Benedict one, um, but I would definitely eat the dill pickle. I definitely have eaten the dill pickle ones. Who am I kidding? There's probably some in this house somewhere right now. <laughs> Pineapple pizza, real or fake? I think real. <gasps> fake. Really? Okay, They good. just Ooh. have a pizza flavor. Would you fuck with pineapple also... pizza, though? Pineapple pizza Pringles? No. Okay. Uh, hot dog. <laughs> real or fake? Oh, I'm going to say that's real, unfortunately. It is real. They were a Walgreens exclusive for a while in the U.S. They weren't just called hot dog. They were called hot diggity dog. <laughs> 
I'm gonna say that's gross, and no, I wouldn't fuck with those. I would just eat a hot dog. Yeah, might as well, hey? Because I could go to Ikea and get a hot dog for 75 cents, or I could get a can of hot dog flavored Pringles for like $3. Yeah, that's... So, four hot dogs, (laughs) or one can of hot dog flavored Pringles. I feel like the four hot dogs is a way better choice. And like, you're at Ikea, so just get some Froyo at the same time, like, what are you doing? Exactly. And some lingonberry sauce. Of course. Uh, everything bagel, real or nope? Uh, I'm gonna say a nope. Correct. Would you eat it? No. I would just eat, eat the bagel. <laughs> well, that's not what this conversation is. <laughs> but, 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 like, they're, okay, but here's the thing, right? Like, I'm just, uh, how do I, how do I phrase this right? So, like, barbecue Pringles, for example, which are very obviously a real thing. You can't just, like, eat barbecue. Like, do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes, Like when the when the flavor is, like... Because it's a like state of mind? <laughs> well, no, but, like, it's, like, salt and vinegar. There's a better... Salt and vinegar. I'm not going to pour vinegar into a bowl and then put some salt in it and then, like, drink it, right? Like, that's weird, but I'll eat the salt and vinegar chips, no problem. Mm-hmm. But, like, an everything bagel flavored potato chip why wouldn't i just eat the bagel Mm -hmm. and maybe make a sandwich out of it put some mustard on it i don't know just bagel and mustard well like make an actual sandwich you know throw some mustard on it some meat maybe some pickles no cheese it depends well okay um crab real or fake i'm gonna say real correct what country would you guess you'd find them in thailand Russia. Russia? Yes. What? That's wild to me. Uh, Serrano ham. What is Serrano ham? Uh, it's just that kind of ham. Serrano ham. Um, I'm gonna say... Oh, it's a Spanish ham. Fake. That is real. Oh, okay. You can find them in Mexico. Okay. Jambalaya. Oh, those are definitely real. Wrong. Really? But there is a prawn cocktail flavor. There is. That I did know. So you got five out of eight right, and your new nickname is Potato Peasant. Deal. I'm in. So congratulations on that. I like it. I like potatoes a lot. (laughs) That's all I got then. Um, I like I like potatoes a lot. Me too. Should we okay. do questions or do you have something? I have a thing for you. So there's I found a thing was like about how male authors describing women in books. Yeah, I saw that too. It's very. But exciting. I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna read you three of them. And they're not even as bad as like you know. I'm just gonna read you three of them, and we're just gonna talk for for just a second here. Sure. About just how awful this is. Are you ready? Uh huh. Okay. Uh, something, something, something. I don't even know what's going on here. I'm just trying to like find a good place to start in this like 900 word long sentence. Um, also <laughs> no, a for problem. real. Also a fucking yeah. problem. Also a problem. No, maybe we'll just not even touch that one. Okay. 
It's well because what's underlined here is her butt dipping and spinning, two big round muscles like the rumps of mountain sheep. Excuse me. Yes. Excuse me. Yeah. What does that even mean? I don't even know. Oh my god. Continue. Um, yeah. Are you ready for this one, too? Ready as I'll ever be. Her breasts were like pillows of dough, and her ass was like a mold of gelatin. What? No, they're not. Wiggling with each step. Oh, I missed that part because it wasn't underlined. There we go. Wiggling with each step? Yeah. Have men seen women move before? Yeah. Wiggle? We're in clothes. Mm, Continue. Um, (laughs) This is maybe the best one. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, it's just... It's just, like, it's the last... It's the last bit of the sentence. It's the best. He lay on his side and watched her breathe. Her breasts, the sweep of a flank defined with the functional elegance of a warplane's fuselage. What the fuck does that even mean? (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? Oh my god. Functional elegance? Yeah. Uh, This is what I don't understand. Like, when women write male characters they're not like his dick was confined in his ratty old boxer shorts but women no spotted his bulge from a mile away and even though he was old he still felt sexy like what the fuck uh huh oh god our boobs just hang off of us they're in the way most of the time if you get, yeah. like, a hair from your head down there, good luck finding it, because it's going to itch as fuck. It's true. God. Yeah. There's another one here about basically, I, I don't, I'm not going to read it all, because it's kind of gross, but, like, it's basically about how women take longer to pee, because they can't just, like, conjure it up like men can, more or less. Because they can't conjure it up? Yeah. Oh, I think I read that one. Didn't he say it's, like, a maze of tubes? Something like that, yeah. And it's like, are you fucking stupid? Your urethra is longer than ours. It's why you never get UTIs, you dickhole. (laughs) You dickhole puke. You puke of a dickhole. (laughs) I don't know which one's worse. I don't know, but I feel like we have an episode title. (laughs) (laughs) Puke of a dickhole? Uh, something like that, yeah. yeah. Right in the town, okay. Gross. Like, I just... Ugh, anyway. Anyway. Questions? Yeah. Do you have any? I, I got one. have just two from Amanda. Okay, let's hear those. Oh, no, that's not Amanda. Um... She sent me a link to something from allrecipes.com, and it says, Chocolate fights coughs better than codeine. 
says science. Well, I'd love to read this fucking study. Oh, the, well, this professor wrote in the Daily Mail, so of course trust that. That chocolate can soothe coughs better than codeine syrup by forming a sticking coating that prevents, protects the nerve endings in your throat that cause you to cough. So the title of the article is a lie, but she asks, next time you have a cough, will you eat chocolate instead of having cough syrup? Yes. Well, chocolate all the time. Always. Always. I don't need an excuse, boy. Um, And FMK, Skittles, Starburst, Jolly Ranchers. Skittles, Starburst, Jolly Ranchers. Um, You kill the Jolly Ranchers. Wow. Okay. Because, well, unless you can still get them in, like, you know when they came in, like, the square packages? I was like, the square candies, not like the... You don't like them in bulk? No. You like the squares. The easier choking ones you like. <laughs> I did like the squares better, yes. Okay. Um, Skittles and... Starburst. Starburst. Mm, I think you marry the Skittles and you fuck the Starburst. Interesting. There's just more varieties of the Skittles, you know? See, I would kill the Skittles... Fuck the Starburst and marry the Jolly Ranchers. Oh, or how about I'll give you the Jolly Ranchers and you can give me the Skittles and then nobody has to die. Oh, I see. I like it. Let's do that. Let's do that. That's um, all I have. That's all you got? Okay, Jess texted me one earlier. Her question is Do you ever. I forgot that I had asked her if she had any questions, and then she texted it to me, and I was going to answer it back. And I was like, oh, no, I want to not do that. Um, do you ever use phrases or make jokes where you know the other person won't understand the reference, and you do it anyway? Oh, of course. I do that like, to my husband all day long. Like, because he's, he's what we'd call not well-read. <laughs> <laughs> If it's not a medical textbook, he hasn't read it in nine, ten years. Okay. And he doesn't watch a lot of TV. And he doesn't consume a lot of culture. So, oh, there's things I say all the time that go right over his head. All the time. But it's just like, I don't care. It's for me. Well, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That is fine. I'm trying to think of an example recently. Oh, God. You talk well, I think. Um, I mean, I think I do. I don't really know, though. Like, because I have inside jokes. See, part of it is, like, I have jokes with, like, different people. And, like, different jokes with different people. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think I, like, mix up who the people are. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? And then I'm like, oh, never mind. You would never understand that one. Um, but, like, at work, one of the guys that I work with, he, like, doesn't watch, um... He hasn't watched a lot of, like, movies and stuff that others of us have watched. And so one of our favorite ones is always uh, when someone brings up a box of something into the office. is to be like, what's in the box? And he, of course, doesn't get it because he's never seen Seven. Oh, but he's existed in the world. Like, how yeah. does he not know what that phrase is in reference to? I didn't I don't see know, that but every time I was, like, 25, but I still knew what it was from. 
Yeah, but I, every time, like, I'll be like, oh, have you seen it? And then I'll ask, I'll be halfway through asking the question, and the look on his face is always like, you know the answer is no. Um, <laughs> I'm like, right, that's, okay, fine. Um, Wait, is it who I'm thinking of, the young one? Yes. Oh, come on. Yeah. Oh. Okay, continue. Yeah, we made him a list of movies that we thought that he should watch, and I think he has watched maybe three of them. Well, it's a start. He's also very busy. Mm-hmm. But, like, has watched all of House of Cards, like, four times. So, has time. Oh, Just... really? That's not a yeah. show that's a good rewatch. No. It's true. It is not. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think for me it's mostly that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, you... Yeah, for sure. Like, now that you say it, you have your inside jokes with separate people. Like, my sister and I... Um, when we were younger, we would have, um, younger siblings to look after, so we would watch, like, a lot of Spongebob, and I could say to you, uh, but you forgot the pickles, and that wouldn't Mm -hmm. resonate to you, but my sister would go, you forgot the pickles! (laughs) Right? So, yeah. Yeah. All the time. I think we all live in that world. I think so, too. But like I don't I'm but I mean I don't I don't necessarily like intentionally use inside jokes to like you know mm-hmm. alienate people but sometimes I just do it you know I'm like oh shit I forgot that's the thing you don't know right my bad um and part of my problem with like because most of my inside jokes not all of them but a large portion of them are with Riva um <laughs> and so like we'll just laugh about the dumbest things. Mm-hmm. That, uh, like, when, when, I remember, I don't know, probably 10, 12 years ago, we went camping uh, with some other friends, and I was like, I bet you a million dollars this will happen, and she just looked at me, I was like, how about a quarter? Um, and so, and so, now, sometimes we'll be like, oh, do you have a quarter? And then we'll just, like, start laughing, because it's, like, this weird little joke that's still, it's not worth explaining to anybody. I love it. Right? Like, it's, it's not worth explaining, it's just, uh. Anyway, I did, I forgot that I had, I had two windows of Chrome open and I forgot that I had this thing open for you. I did have a quiz for you. Oh, okay. Would you like to know what the title of this quiz is? Hit me with it. Who is your female Marvel soulmate? Ooh. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, pick an original Avenger. Iron Man, Hawkeye, the Hulk, Black Widow, Thor, or Captain America? Cap. Okay. How about one of the early X-Men? Professor X, Storm, Mystique, Kitty Pride, Iceman, or Rogue? Uh, Professor X. Okay. And a more modern one. Uh, Negasonic, Teenage Warhead, Quicksilver, Psylocke, Colossus, Domino, or Nightcrawler? Mm, Quicksilver. I figured that's something. Which redeemed villain is your favorite? Nebula, Bucky Barnes, Loki, Venom, Scarlet Witch, or Deadpool? Okay, Loki is not redeemed. Everyone needs to shut the fuck up about Loki being redeemed. So the answer is not Loki, got you. Can you tell me the list again? (laughs) Nebula, Bucky Barnes, Loki, Venom, Scarlet Witch, or Deadpool? Oh, Venom. Oh, that movie was great. I'd like to watch it again. Uh, which non-hero character deserves more love? Peggy, 
Darcy, Foggy, Nick Fury, Aunt May, or Ned? Peggy! It's true, she really does. And finally, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Super strength, ability to fly, mind reading, comprehend all languages, perfect aim, or just to be super smart? Oh, the languages one for sure. I hope this all actually ends. Just kidding, it's going to be a DC hero, and it's going to be Wonder Woman. Uh, your your Marvel soulmate is Maria Hill. Oh, I like Agent Hill. There, there you go. She's lovely. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, why do I have this second fucking tablet? And I was like, oh, right, that was the thing I had planned. <laughs> um, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? Nope. Um, okay, that's all we got. Middle fingers to this guy. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, well, that's all we have, so thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on the internet in a whole bunch of places. You can find me on Twitter, at MIG14, and Kelsey on Twitter, at GarbageFirePod. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. Uh, we have an Instagram, at GarbageFirePodcast. Uh, yep. We have a website, garbagefirepodcast.com thank you Tyler there's a have an email gmail address? yes yeah I forget what it is I think it's garbagefirepodcast at gmail yeah everything's garbagefirepodcast just everything look us up on yeah. everything you'll find it there and you can listen to us on iTunes SoundCloud Stitcher or Google Play correct and I think that's all that we have thank you for potting with me Megan at any time uh, again, if there's like anything you ever want us to talk about, let us know. We'll, uh, we'll do our best. Clearly, to, uh, we're talk, dry. Clearly, we're dry for or suggestions. <laughs> talk all. Oh no, there was a Twitter question. That's right. Oh yeah, fuck. It just dawned on me because I was like, we could talk about the Oilers, and I was like, oh, someone asked us a question, and I think the question was something along the lines of it was from Beaker, and he wanted to know um, what we would like give up in order for Taylor Hall to come back. Well, here's the problem. You don't want him because he has character problems for the locker room. <laughs> yeah, what is the most important thing you would sacrifice to ensure Hall returns to Edmonton? I mean, I've already sacrificed my dignity, so like... Yeah, I, I, I couldn't give a flying fuck for him to come back to Edmonton. But I will say this. Um, if somehow in these you know, whatever weird times, Taylor Hall ends up becoming a member of the Edmonton Oilers again. And all of that anguish was for absolutely fucking nothing. You're I gonna self-immolate? Burn, I, I will still burn Roger's place to the ground. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. So my, my rage won't have, my, my, the direction of my rage will have changed maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. but my rage will not have. For sure. Um, but yeah, that was the other, that was the only thing. Um, yeah, so anyway, find us on the internet, send us questions if you have things you want us to talk about. Um, yeah. Because otherwise we're going to talk for another hour and 20 minutes about books, so. Yeah. All you fucking book nerds out there, you horny book nerds, I love you so much. (laughs) Um, anyway, that's all we have for this week. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster.